0: And I can see the ground now. I'm to gone. Wait to gone. Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive. Truly. I'm recording this on Australia Day today, actually. Public holiday on a Wednesday. Something we haven't seen too often uh, over the last couple of years. So possible double time and a half for me clocking on here. I'll have to have a chat to the suits upstairs. Uh, Billy Darcy produces and funds the podcast. So I'll have to have a word with him, see what he says. Uh, Notoriously tight with his money, um, him and and some of the other board members. So we'll have to see. But, you know, I've got the union up my sleeve and uh, I think we'll see the right result as far as my compensation for clocking on on a public holiday. But just before we crack into things, uh, there was a pod stuff up last week that was brought to my attention. Uh, apparently, I accidentally uploaded episode 168, right? And that's that's gone great. Everyone's enjoyed that episode to completion. But somehow, I also uploaded 168 over the top of 167. So, uh, some a couple of people messaged me being like, 167 and 168 are double ups. And... One guy messaged me that, and I thought he meant that, you know, 168, there was a stuff up. So I went on last week's episode, seemed fine to me, and I told this bloke to, you know, without any cause for concern, I told him to hit the bricks, all right, very politely. And it turns out he was right, and then I got a couple more messages, being like, there's a double up. So that's all fixed now. Episode 167 is episode 167. Episode 168. ...is episode 168, so there's no issues there, no qualms. Uh, Billy Darcy actually produces and edits the podcast, so don't worry. I gave him an absolute rocket like you would not believe. Should have seen the state of the bloke when I was done with him. I mean, I honestly don't know what goes through that bloke's head sometimes. He just doesn't think. But the same week, you know, that was a technology stuff-up, and I'm very willing to put my hand up on that, okay? But also the same week, I managed to upload my first YouTube short, which from what I can tell is just YouTube completely ripping off TikTok. Uh, But the first ever Billy Darcy YouTube short has been uploaded and five dislikes on my first short and, and six likes. So I didn't know you could get dislikes on YouTube videos. My YouTube community is small but it's supportive, okay? Each week, I am guaranteed to receive between 17 and 23 thumbs up, you know, thingaroos on my video. That's support, okay? That's the community putting their arms around me and saying, hey, Bill, you're amongst friends. And I never received, I I was going to say, I think they took the dislike button away. Is that why I never get any dislikes? I'm not sure what's going on with YouTube, but with the shorts, you can get the dislikes, I found out. So I've got five dislikes and six likes. Have we seen a more controversial debut to the YouTube short arena? That is my question. Has anyone, for their first YouTube short, just come in swinging for the fences with a 50-50 like-to-dislike ratio? I mean... Am I Dave Chappelle talking about transgender rights? Because I am shaking things up, dude. I am shaking the very foundations of our society. The cultural norms which we hold so dear, I am challenging on a daily basis. But (laughs) it was just that uh, I put up like a TikTok about how Perth is a fantasy land. Just a little clip from the pod. Dude, it's so funny because people in Perth, some people are taking it so seriously. <laughs> I, wish you could put, um, I wish you could put on TikTok like not serious on your account or like just joking. Like, you know how you can get verified? I wish there was, you could get verified for just being a jokester. I think that would be so helpful. Like that way. So you would just know, oh, this guy don't, he's not actually tackling the issues. We're just having a laugh. Whereas on TikTok, it's not always the case. And even Facebook and stuff, people in Perth have been commenting like, at least we listen to our government, you Eastern scum. One guy commented that in Perth, they refer to the East Coast as mini America. (laughs) Oh, no. Dude, I've been referring to Perth as a fantasy land. And I've been praising it for being, you know, this this oasis, this, this, this heaven behind closed doors that we can't get to. And I think I've been pretty fair in my assessments. Uh, but if, if West Australians want to start referring to people on the East Coast as mini America, we'll see how hard th- these borders can close. Let me tell you about that. If we want a line in the sand, I'm happy to draw it, okay? But anyway, so... Stuffed up the pod, but managed to upload a YouTube short. So, I would say for me versus technology, one all. Okay? One all. But, yeah, it is Australia Day. And, you know, it's a fantastic day. I know it's controversial these days. Controversial. I'm in favor of changing the date. I don't see why we just can't have another date in summer that suits everyone. You know? that's I really don't see the issue at all with changing the date. Uh, some people though, I've seen this, they want to change it to May 8 because it sounds like mate. I'll tell you what May 8 sounds like. It sounds like 22 degrees on a fucking Thursday with some rain in the afternoon. Okay. It has to be in summer. That's, that's got to be the only rule. Okay. It's got to be in summer. So no qualms there, but it's Australia day. And, uh, I brought it up because (laughs) I just saw that photo of last year's Australian of the Year, Grace Tame, with ScoMo in that photo, <laughs> where uh, like she just looks... So, she's posing next to ScoMo, and she just looks like she's hating it. She's just giving daggers, you know? Just didn't smile, looking down the camera, giving the biz. I don't know if you're supposed to speak this way about um, Australians of the Year, because it's obviously quite elite company, but Grace Tame is super attractive, dude. I don't know what's going on there, but... She is an absolute... Uh, yeah, she's, she's beautiful. And, dude, what about this? So, Grace Tape, she just spent the whole year... <laughs> so I shouldn't laugh, but I'm laughing at these politicians because Grace Tape, she's just spent the whole year advocating for survivors of sexual assault. And because she didn't smile in this particular photo, <clears throat> politicians are calling for her to have Australian of the Year taken back. You know, for it to be rescinded or whatever, because she didn't smile in a photo. I think we can all agree that if you if you can just take take the award back whenever you want, whenever someone does or says something that doesn't particularly suit you, I don't know how much weight that award will hold going forward. You know, <laughs> imagine it's it's like you for a whole year she's been nothing but a selfless advocate, but it's like oh no, sorry. Looks like you've tripped over at the final hurdle, Grace. You've failed to smile in the annual photo. You know, I mean, if we let this go through to the keeper and she loses it, I mean, then it's just going to be... I mean, you could lose Australian of the Year for anything. You know, Billy Darcy won Australian of the Year. Great guy. Unfortunately, rocked up to the photo with the Prime Minister wearing a shirt with the same shade of blue. So... He was immediately stripped of his honours and they're looking to imprison him for up to five years. He knows what he did and he's willing to accept the penalties. But I mean, really, there's no, I'm sorry, but there's no takesies backsies on Australian of the year. I think we can all, is that, is that controversial? Uh, Is this another YouTube short? (laughs) You cannot just take, like, imagine, imagine if someone just had a really crap smile. And they were like, oh, geez, we've got to strip Billy Darcy of Australian of the Year. This guy doesn't, he doesn't even know how to smile in the photo with the Prime Minister. Meanwhile, there's me, just an absolute two out of ten, smiling my my goddamn best smile, best day of my life, happiest moment on God's great earth. And everyone wants to strip me of this award because I've got a terrible smile. I mean, it's tough. It's it's. I wonder. I wonder how much she would have had to smile for that to be possible. It's like, oh, she's smirking. Maybe we could. Maybe she can keep the award, but we're not going to really celebrate her anymore. You know? Or oh, is that a full smirk? Is that a half smile? She's smiling, no teeth. We're still going to have to take the award. <laughs> Dude, I was thinking though, what would happen? Dude, my imagination is just just out of control. I love it. But do you ever just think... I was thinking, what would I do if I met the Prime Minister? Because I don't know what I'd do because I don't really like... ScoMo, I don't particularly like. I don't know if I'd really want to meet him. But at the same time, you know, you think, is this my one chance to meet the head honcho? So, I reckon, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do, but... um, I'd like to, maybe if there was a cooler Prime Minister down the track a bit, you know, because at the moment, it's like uh, with ScoMo's, you know, the way people think about him, if you take a photo with ScoMo, you probably lose followers, honestly. (laughs) That's how fired up people are these days. See, uh, Billy Darcy went to to the same event as the Prime Minister the other day, so he's dead to me. Hang on, I heard he wasn't smiling the whole time. Oh, good. He's back. You know? So good on Grace, I guess. You know, these politicians who want to strip her of Australian of the Year. Would we just have 2021? Imagine the official records for, for the Australian of the Year. It'd be like 2022, Dylan Alcott, 2021, N-A, brackets, Grace Tame, failed to smile. <laughs> N-A, brackets, failed to smile. I mean, anyway, anyway. What's on the agenda? Oh, dude. So, what about this? We had our first property inspection here at the new pad. You know? The Lad Pad 2.0. The Marshall Mathers LP2. The Department of Ladriculture. Yep. (laughs) And uh, so, here's the thing. So, we cleaned the apartment. And... You know, the old lad pad, if this thing was still standing, that was the inspection, okay? If you if the house is still vertical, that's your inspection. We'll see you in three months. The wheels were off back then, okay? The zoos, I was going to say the zoos running the animals. The animals were, in fact, running the zoo, okay? That was the vibe at the old pad. But this pad now, it's quite a nice apartment, you know, so we gave it a good clean. I'm working from home, so I got to be here ...when the inspection takes place, which is just a nightmare. And I asked, I emailed the uh, the agent specifically so I could not be here. There is nothing more awkward than trying to watch telly or work on your computer... ...while someone's inspecting the property, you know? It's very hard to sort of enjoy a bit of Avatar The Last Airbender... ...when someone's in your bedroom with a fucking clipboard, dude, Okay? Looking under your sheets, ticking boxes, missing other boxes. Why didn't you get a tick there, you know? So, it's it's very uncomfortable. We used to, the old lad pad was up for sale the whole time. So, we used to have buyers coming through while I was working from home and it was a nightmare. I dare you to try and work on an Excel spreadsheet while some 45-year-old Chinese woman is measuring up the spare bedroom. You know, it's very uncomfortable. It's hard to focus on what you're doing. She kept asking me if we could fit a king bed in here. I said, Peng Sui, I'm working, okay? Not all of us can afford to buy our fifth house, all right? Jesus, I'm paying the mortgage for this fella. Can you give me some privacy, okay? But anyway, so I asked the lady, when's this property inspection? Because I'll get out of your hair, babe. I don't want this interaction any more than you do. And she said, my inspection will be, be between 8 a.m. and 12 p.m. So, you know, checkmate, babe. I don't know what, what the deal is with the hostility or why your schedule is so up in the air. You know, you couldn't even possibly tell me where you'll be, you know. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious she could have told me. But she chose not to. So then got to, got to meet the agent. My, my thing with this sort of stuff is just out of sight, out of mind. I don't talk to the neighbors. I don't talk to the agent. You know, I don't talk to the bloke who walks his dog on a Tuesday morning. I go to the shop, so I got a bella clava on. I get my ice latte and I leave head down. Okay? No fuss, no muss. Um, but anyway, so so this, this chick comes around. Now, no one told me our property agent is like 22 and the hottest chick ever. So she rolls in at 9 a.m. I'm wearing Cricket Australia shorts. And like a training soccer shirt from under 12s that's covered in bleach stains. Uh, I look homeless and my confidence is low. She's like, She comes in. I'm like, oh, she's like hottest chick ever. It's like 9.30 on a Tuesday. Uh, too much. It's all too much. She's like, hi, I'm Livy. I said, hi, I'm Livy. I mean, Billy, shit. You know, just immediately freaking out. Um, looking at the floor. And then... You know the property agents always give it they always try to give you so much grief. they dress nice and you know they they look official, they always pretend they know what they're talking about and uh, you forget they're just absolute you know they're just pelicans from 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 you know the local area. there's no qualifications anyone um you know anyone with some eyeliner and a good attitude can become a property agent and I've got nothing against that, but you know. So they come in. She goes. She goes. We did the pre-property inspections, but has anything come up since you've moved in? Has anything broken? And uh, I get on the front foot. I say, yeah, the kitchen light has never worked, and our toilet seat is not even connected to the toilet, and that has been the case since day one. So I may not know my own name, Livy, uh, but I very much know what's going on around here. So, you know, I think I think I've I've got this agent. I said by the balls. I said I'll go get a coffee. I'll leave you to it. She said, I'm only going to be five minutes. Don't even worry about it. I said, no. I want to, I said, all good. So me, me and her start getting all like a house on fire. I'm thinking, beautiful. Finally, an agent who is on our side, okay? Our last agent was an absolute nerd. And it was just like a running battle the whole time. I said, finally, we got Libby. She's great. She's beautiful. She's everything we need. And uh, the absolute rocket she gave us in her inspection email um, has still left me reeling to this very moment. Um, she said me and Adzie's bathroom was nothing short of, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Not good enough. Uh, she said our cleaning was incompetent. You know, she said she got us for the grout in between the tiles. I'm sorry, I'm not a professional cleaner. I'm an amateur, okay? I've got a sponge, some freaking oil spray, and a sensational attitude. But I, I can't be getting in between the tiles, okay? You know, I don't, I don't have the machinery required. I don't know what you want from me, okay? So we've been betrayed by the agent. This is this apartment has become the war zone. I was hoping it wouldn't be. But it's back to the old lad pad days of us versus them. So um, we've been put on notice by the agent. She's told the owners there's grout in between the tiles. I mean, who really gives a fuck? That's my general... General vibe around the issue. I mean, thank God this chick wasn't our agent at the old lad pad because I mean, there were times there where you just think, you know, short of the very walls themselves being brought down, the place was an absolute disgrace. Okay. And I was always the face of the disaster because I work from home. All the boys are tradies. We'd have a three day blowout. They'd be out of the house by seven. Guess who's answering the door at 10 a.m. with two agents and a potential buyer and there's freaking beer bottles and, and you know, various paraphernalia all over the house, okay? So, I was hoping we'd be off to a better, better start here with our first inspection, um, but Livy's had a go at us for the grout. I've taken it personally, and now we've got an us and them situation once again. So, I don't know if she, she saw my controversial YouTube short or what's happened, um, but make no mistake, this is war, okay? This is war. But anyway, so what is going on? I have I think sometimes when I plan this pod, I don't know how long everything's going to go for. Went off on that property inspection thing for like eight minutes. Was it any good? We'll find out. I dare say that that whole thing's going to be cut out. So we'll see how Billy Darcy treats that, but... Anyway, in the meantime, dude, so back into my work as far as comedy, exciting stuff. I'm working on some tour dates for Newcastle and Brisbane right now. And I'll be doing Sydney Comedy Festival in May. So I'm going to break the tour up this year because last year I had a nice little three week, maybe a month of like going to cities. And it just made a lot of sense and it was efficient. But I realized the more compact your tour is, the more like if it gets canceled, the whole thing's canceled. So I'm just going to go one place at a time and just check them off this year. That's what I'm going to do. So working on that. So I'm back doing comedy. So we had a celebrity drop in last Wednesday. I was in King's Cross, the Golden Mile. This guy, Adam Ray, American comedian who I've listened to on a few podcasts, Joe Rogan. And the like, and he drops in, fantastic comedian. He was in town filming an episode of Young Rock. Apparently, he's a character in Young Rock, and apparently, Young Rock is they're in Sydney filming, you know. So, I think I speak for every human on the planet when I say, Thank you, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, for sharing even more of yourself with us um i often think is the rock giving us enough of his time is he outlaying enough uh you know media into the world and make no mistake with the rock it's quantity not quality a sitcom about the rock growing up did we need it it's a great question sitcoms have very much just absolutely gone by the wayside isn't it just one of the saddest things of, of the modern era we no longer have fantastic sitcoms curb your enthusiasm is like the last one um you know we've got young rock a spin-off of dwayne the rock johnson's actual fucking life which is already you know the hackiest thing going around then you've got young sheldon which is a spin-off of big bang theory which was already the hackiest sitcom in town and you know i'm not one of these guys who hates the big bang theory to death like i used to watch it when i was like 13 you know and it was good times, but if you're watching The Big Bang Theory like season seven, eight, nine, you need to check yourself into a local hospital and just get them to have a look because you might have a few roos loose in the top paddock. You know, it's trash and just the laugh tracks and get a grip. But where is creativity gone where two of the main shows on TV are both spinoffs, Young Rock, Young Sheldon? I'd like something young original, you know? Why don't we just make up something that's unique and funny is that too much to ask for a goddamn sitcom but anyway so adam ray drops into this gig he does about half an hour and absolutely murders like it was it was pretty good stuff a lot of covid stuff but it was good it was like real good stuff and uh and then sam campbell drops in if you don't know sam campbell he's like without a doubt the funniest person in australia like no one's even close he's one of these like comedy kind of like what's the one I'm looking for like I can't think of the word but he's like uh you know he's not on social media and he doesn't like advertise his gigs or seem to even really pursue like success but even though he is very successful like he won best show at Melbourne a couple years ago and then the next year he didn't even do another show If you win best best show in Melbourne, you are guaranteed to sell a shitload of tickets the next year and make a shitload of cash if that's what you're into. But Sam Campbell didn't even do a follow-up show after he won best best, uh, or most outstanding show. So, you know, the guy's just a gun. He went on before me and people are just literally falling out of their seats. And it's my second gig back of the year. I was so nervous. My mate Kyle Legacy was emceeing. And he comes up to me before Sam Campbell's getting like his third applause break. And Kyle's just like, dude, you are so fucked right now. And I was like, shut up, leave me alone. (laughs) It was tough sledding up top, dude, tough sledding. Uh, So very difficult follow, but it was big boy stuff up there. And, you know, you're better off to be dropped in the deep end, uh, you know, at the start of the year, rather than doing like all these coward gigs and thinking you're like God's gift to comedy when really you've just been playing friendly rooms and getting favorable spots in the lineup. So it was a pretty tough set, but also it was really fun. They were a cool crowd and it was difficult to follow these two great, great men, but uh, it was exciting as well. Okay. So I know I often carry on about us not celebrating Australian achievements enough. Well, last, I want to say Thursday night, maybe Saturday night, I don't know when it was, but we had one of the great Australian victories, one of the greatest upsets in Australian sporting history. Uh, You know, I'm overwhelmed sort of a little bit by the magnitude of the achievement. Uh, The Australian women's soccer team, the Matildas, the Australian women's football team, I should say, the Matildas, the gals we love, the world beaters, you know, they took down... Football juggernauts, Indonesia. Okay, now this is, I think the Matildas were paying maybe 18-1 to 1 to score a goal. Uh, Indonesia, I saw them in the warm-up, barely taking it seriously. They know they're a stronger team than us. Uh, you know, they've got the talent. They've got the, the confidence. They've got the pace. I mean, there's no, the commentator said before the game, there's not a single part of the field where Indonesia can't dominate if they so wish to. Okay, it was very much a David versus Goliath matchup. And I watched with bated breath. I said to the lads, we might need to turn this off at half an hour because, you know, if it gets to 5 6 nil to Indonesia, I don't like watching the girls take an absolute flogging like that. You know, I love them too much. So you can imagine my surprise when we actually, we've gone up one nil against Indonesia. Um, I was blown away. Then we've gone up 2 nil. At this point, you know, we're crap. The boys are spraying beers in the lounge room. Freaking roll one up. It's, it's pandemonium, pandemonium, you know? I can't even say the word. I'm so excited just reflecting on these special moments. Uh, it felt like, honestly, when Tyson Fury backed up Wilder in the second fight, you know, and you just think, oh my God, no one's ever done this before. No one's ever had the courage to take the fight to football superpower Indonesia. And this is a 2 0. Uh, you know, you can imagine my surprise. I was blown away when we went on to put another 16 goals in the net. Okay, my God, this is just the greatest upset in international sporting history. I mean, I'm, I, look, my hand's shaking. My hand is shaking just recounting it. I mean, what a win! Uh, sports bet wouldn't be too happy. I reckon they lost a fair bit of money. I mean, I, I had Indonesia as part of a multi. There's no doubt. Sorry to bet against the girls, but, you know, at some point you do have to look at the stats. Uh, My God, though, what a win. What a win. Got there by the skin of our teeth, 18-0. You know, uh, I heard, you know, the girls will switch on. A few, I, I heard a couple of the girls, I think, uh, Sam Kerr up top, I heard her yell out at 14-0, nil all girls, reset start again you know back to our shape you know and that's the sort of in the moment you know sticking to the processes that's what makes our girls so great you know there's some teams where you know i hate to say it complacency could start to creep in at 15 nil not our girls not our matildas hey they're too smart for that they're too sharp you know def so fantastic uh Unfortunately, my favourite player, Hayley Razzo, had a bit of a shocker. She was worst on ground with just the two goals for her. So, uh, she was actually, they said she was rested for the game against the Philippines. I think we all know she was dropped, um, scoring only two goals. Yeah, it was a bit of a shocker. But, you know, that's how it comes sometimes when you're playing sport at the highest level. Uh, (laughs) Oh, dude, Indonesia suck. I've never seen a game like this. It was freaking wild these poor indonesian girls i think most of them just signed up um for the free trip to india i mean <laughs> these poor girls i mean you got to think some of these countries right the men suck and you know and by that i mean you know the men suck and in a lot of these you know some of these eastern countries women you know they're not necessarily top of the food chain when it comes to being a priority and uh You know, some of these nations aren't aren't particularly progressive. So the women's football team isn't necessarily priority number one. Um, But that didn't stop our girls absolutely grinding them into the dust. I don't know what it did. The Matilda's soccer coach, this guy, he's got the best head of hair I've ever seen. But this guy cracks me up against Indonesia, who are ranked, I think, 100 in the world. And, you know, are just terrible. They're awful. We played our best team. Sam Kerr played 90 minutes and scored five goals. I mean, (laughs) we have got to be the most ruthless team of all time. We're playing one of the... I think she came third in the Ballon d'Or, Sam Kerr. She played 90 minutes and scored five. I reckon they probably tried to take her off and she said, absolutely no way. I'm filling my boots. She broke Tim Cahill's record for all-time Socceroos goal scorer. I think she was expecting to break that maybe in, you know... Another six months and she thought, hang on a minute, we've got Indonesia coming up. I'll knock this over in half an hour. Let's go. <laughs> so absolutely ruthless stuff by the Matildas. So funny, dude. But, uh, <laughs> oh man. Dude, the Asian Cup, the Women's Asian Cup, I got to say, it's not the most impressive tournament so far. It's in India and the host nation, India. So you got to keep in mind the, the best advantage of being a host nation is you have all the players in your country available and you can bring in whoever you need. Well, India is so ravaged by COVID, they had to pull out of the tournament. (laughs) They're hosting the tournament and they had to forfeit all further games because they could not, in the whole country of India, they could not get 13 women together who were pro soccer players. They could not fill a squad, the bare minimum of 13. In another game, um, oh, I think, yeah, the African Cup of Nations, sorry, different comp, one of the teams had their left back in goals because all the keepers got COVID. I mean, some of these sporting tournaments are becoming quite farcical, I would argue. But great win by the girls, you know, true underdog stuff, never never say die, true grit, you know. Haley Razzo, only the two goals, she'll be back, okay, she'll be back. But yeah, fantastic stuff. And... Hopefully, when we play Japan later in the tournament, some of the soccer's a little bit more competitive, but either way, you know. Okay, so I have two new segments I would like to introduce to the podcast. First one is called Big Players Take Big Swings. You know, big players, big swings. It's what this podcast is all about having a crack, celebrating the people that get in the mix, regardless of the result, okay? People that put their hand up and say, "I've got a great attitude," and I'm here. You know what I mean? People who make themselves counted in all sorts of situations. So send in, you know, very keen for some send-ins on this one. I want to, uh, I want to get some voice memos sent in as well. Maybe DM me some voice memos on Instagram, and uh, send in your your big swings. Just anyone who's had a crack in some situation, whether they've whether they've failed or won. Just someone who's absolutely gone for it, you know. That's what I'm looking for here. So this week I've got a couple of big players that I'd like to celebrate. Firstly, the Wiggles. Obviously, the Wiggles have just won the Hottest 100, and you know you could argue the wiggle the Wiggles are more popular than ever right now. I probably wouldn't. I think we all know the you know the heyday of the Wiggles was the late 90s, early 2000s. You know that's when Cold Spaghetti was still on the charts you know, this sort of stuff, when they were touring, you know, big arenas, you know, that that was the heyday of the Wiggles, but, dude, talk about big players taking big swings, that is the Wiggles, they just, they go, do you know what, we're kids entertainers, but we don't take ourselves seriously at all, and we're just here to have a fucking go, they've done the Tame Parlor cover, okay, which ripped, I know everyone was blowing up saying, oh, I can't believe the Wiggles won the hottest 100, Triple J is dead, I hate this shit, it's like it's a public vote. <laughs> How can you be mad at Triple J for just tallying the votes? You know, if if I run a poll on, uh, you know, is freaking blue the best color ever and everyone votes no and I say, turns out, every, uh, you know, blue is not the best color ever and everyone says Billy Darcy is a loser. He doesn't know what blue is anymore. When I've just tallied the votes, I mean, that doesn't seem particularly fair. And also, to any 43-year-olds who are commenting on a Triple J post, I'm like, stop you right there, dude, because it's not for you. If you're freaking working out what to comment on a Triple J post and you put your hand through your grey beard, stop typing. <laughs> if you're commenting on a freaking post about the Splendor and the Grass lineup and your name is Duncan, <laughs> stop typing, dude if you're a stepdad commenting on a triple j post about music in 2022 whoops (laughs) stop typing dude stop typing it isn't for you okay send that shit over the fence to triple m where it where it belongs dude you know keep that stuff on your side of the fence oh my god I don't know why old people interact with the Triple J social media pages. It blows me away. But but the Wiggles, you want to talk about big players taking big swings and just having a crack. So first, so the Wiggles go, right, we're going to start doing adult shows and just touring and all these people can just get fucked up and we're just going to play whatever we want and have the most fun ever. That's great. Why not? Have a crack at that. Could have been a huge failure, that, but they took the risk. Big players take big swings, dude. I love it. Then, the yellow wiggle literally has a cardiac arrest at one of the adult shows. They revive him, okay? They get on with the tour, okay? They say, yeah, it wasn't ideal, him almost dying in the middle of cold spaghetti. But, at the end of the day, that's rock and roll, babe, okay? If you're not overdosing, you're having a cardiac arrest. That's how it is, you know? Then... They add 25 new Caramel members to the group. Is that going to affect Team Harmony? Is that going to affect the vibe? You know, they've gone from four four people where really the only diversity outside of Jeff was the uh, the skivvies themselves, the colors. Now they've gone, let's add, you know, 74 mixed race people, cover our bases here, and we're just gonna keep marching on playing the hits. You know? Whether they're copping hate for this, they're copping love for that. You got Murray who popped up at Splendor in the Grass and hit that guitar solo with Skegs that time. Oh my God. These guys truly don't give a fuck. They just keep marching forward. You know what I mean? And also, what about the Wiggles being relevant in 2022? Oh my God. I freaking love these guys, dude. Continue. Go the Wiggles. Now, my next big player, Big Swing... And this is a great one. If anyone watched last night on Tuesday night this week, uh, Tanazi Kokonakis and Nick Kyrgios in the doubles. This is sensational. I watched last night, and it is such a festival atmosphere. What they're doing to doubles tennis is so great. People were going nuts in the stands. Nick Kyrgios is carrying on like the biggest pelican on the planet, and I kind of love it. Okay, Nick Kiros is like if Culture Kings gave birth. That's literally what he is. And that's the thing. You got to take him or leave him, but he is what he is. You know, if you want a sick fade, you've also got to buy a $200 NBA jersey. That's how Culture Kings works. Okay, you can't have one without the other. So, and Nick Kiros was carrying on deluxe, like... The the crowd was out of control. He was revving them up. They're doing the ole, 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 ole. Oh, dude, it made me want to go to the tennis so bad because I don't really know anything about tennis. Um, I watched the Demon play in his last couple of games and my mate Chris O'Connell from high school, uh, he was in, into the third round. He was a wild card. This is another big player taking a big swing. Chris O'Connell, Aussie tennis superstar, wild carded into the Oz Open. Second round comes up against the number 13 seed and absolutely gives him the treatment, okay? The guy was dealt with. Chris O'Connell handled the number one, se- the number 13 seed like he was working at Macca's and someone just ordered a cheeseburger. You know what I mean? It's fucking dun, 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 next order, okay? You've been served. Enjoy your meal. You know, enjoy the plane back to Canada, you nerd. So fantastic but then oh Nick Kyrgios dude um they won off the back of dude I don't really know anything about tennis but the vibe I'm getting is the doubles players aren't as good as the singles players the vibe I'm also getting is the doubles tennis is like a bit of a joke and it's really it's kind of for bands now if you're into tennis and that's not the case I don't really care but that's the vibe I'm getting so Nick like it was such a party atmosphere uh, Nick Kyrgios was carrying on. At times, some people would have labelled his behaviour as disgraceful and unsportsmanlike. And you wouldn't be wrong in saying that. He was smashing his racket, hitting his racket in the head. Uh, the, other, the other team was did the thing where they were like throwing the ball up in the air a couple of times and then not serving because they were doing like bad. It wasn't like coming down in the right spot. So then Nick Kyrgios just started when it was his turn to serve. He just started pegging balls into the crowd and just carried on Deluxe. It was fucking awesome. And then they get in the post-match interview and they're just going nuts. I mean, it's everything I love. Nick Kiros was like, we love this atmosphere. And he goes, we're not done yet. I want to win this fucking thing. And everyone in the stands like going absolutely nuts. Cock and was like, everyone sink piss and come to our games. We're loving this. Oh, It was so good, dude. I think honestly they should just make doubles like the T20 of tennis. Just have like just have like the best players play banterously and like do crazy shit and have it more of a festival atmosphere like I know during singles matches if you like speak while they're about to hit the ball you know that's a big no-no. And you know I'm already banned from five grade cricket grounds in Sydney. So I don't know how long I potentially Um, would last at the Australian Open in the singles, but I'm saying let all the boys go to the doubles and just carry on, I mean really, who gives a fuck I don't want to speak out of school but doubles tennis, I don't care for it it's great to watch but let's be honest, like uh, who's your favourite doubles team, you know what I mean no one knows, so you may as well, I mean it's still great tennis to watch, just let let the dogs out, let the boys go absolutely nuts in the stands Get King Kyrios on the mic. I mean, it was freaking awesome, dude. I enjoyed it so much. So, yeah, I love that. Big players taking big swings, dude. They're into the semi-finals. Do not miss their next game. It's fantastic. And then, so, next segment I would like to introduce is called Fun Fears. I was thinking about... Um, I was thinking about... <laughs> I realized one of my biggest fears in life is honestly... Uh, trying on Adidas slides because I'm worried they're as comfy as they look. And, you know, I'm a thongs man, traditionally. Uh, so I, I'm just scared. You know, I see at cricket, everyone wears them. Sometimes when it's cold at cricket, you see people wearing socks with Adidas slides. You can't do that with uh, with thongs. But I'm traditionally an Ugg boots and thongs man, one or the other. You know, the ability for Adidas slides to to sort of ironically slide... In between hot and cold weather you know the versatility it's something we've not seen before uh, in a casual sandal so i honestly am pretty scared of trying out of that slides and i realized it's probably like one of my biggest fears and so i thought this could be a fun segment fun fears because <laughs> like we all have so many fears that are so dumb like uh dude my other <laughs> my other fun fear for this week so yeah, added as slides. I'm terrified. I'll never try them on because I think I think deep down in my heart I know they're so comfy, and I don't want to live in a world where I don't wear thongs in summer. You know what I mean? I'm just too I'm too stuck in my ways. I can't go back. I can't go forward. Maybe you know I'm living in 1932. I'm scared of the future. I'm scared of change. So that's one of my biggest fears. And then also, uh running, I I like to go to breakfast by myself because I like to write in my book and then just have a coffee and carry on and then have a bit of brekkie. I love it. But one of my biggest fears is when I go to breakfast by myself, running into people I know. (laughs) I always think people would just think I'm such a loser for being at breakfast by myself. Dude, I ran into a couple I know the other day while I was having brekkie by myself and I reckon I honestly almost fucking had a panic attack at the table I was just immediately just coming up with excuses for why I was by myself they were like hey Billy how you going I was like I was going to meet a friend here but he couldn't make it and then I he didn't tell me until I had already walked here he actually texted me before I left but I was on aeroplane mode to save power so that's why I'm here by myself how are you guys what's happening you know like I was just so freaked out I was making up all these yards and stuff when I should have been like yeah I'm just here by myself kicking it (laughs) it's I don't know why, but I'm so scared of like what people would think when I'm at breakfast by myself. So they're my two fun fears for this week. I think fun fears are fun. you know. I've just got so much anxiety about stuff that doesn't matter at all. So I was thinking it could be a fun segment on the pod. But yeah, if you've got some fun fears, send them in. Because I feel like there's so many dumb fears that are so fun. You know what I mean? So send them in. Any fun fears. If you've got any big players... Send in some yarns about your mates doing some fucking wild shit, you know? Send send in just someone who's just gone for it, whether they've won or they've lost. If they're a big player taking a big swing, let's hear about it. Yeah, send me a... uh, I love when people send in voice memos to podcasts. So maybe send in a voice memo on Instagram. If you want to email me something, it's billydarcycomedy at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, send, send some stuff in. If you've got any fun fears send them in a couple of new segments let's see how they go over the coming weeks i'm excited and uh that is the podcast for this week hope you enjoyed it i fixed up episode 167 uh it was a great episode so sorry about that if anyone you know tried to listen to it and it was fucked up but all good in the hood um really regret saying that okay cool thanks for listening (laughs) it's